Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I was actually looking around and going, I thought I was speaking. Who, who's speaking this morning? It's, isn't it so wonderful, the things that your wife says about you? I, w- I just wish I'd recorded it because I've never had such a condensed, beautiful um, proclamation made over my life. Well, no, shut up, Stephen. Father, thank you for your presence here right now. Lord, thank you that you hear our cry. Lord, you hear our hearts cry. You hear our voices cry. You hear the cry that no one else hears. Father, I thank you right now. You are a good father. I thank you for your generosity, your generosity in giving and also your generosity in withholding. Your wisdom is profound. Father, I thank you today for the goalposts that are going to shift in people's lives as they realize that you are orchestrating things that they have never perceived or understood or even conceived in their wildest imaginations because that is who you are. How immense is the love of the Father that He has lavished on us. Father, I just speak of freedom over each mind right now, freedom over each spirit to receive a direct download from heaven for what you require each of us to hear, respond to, and to apply to our lives. Have your way, Father, today in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, shake hands with someone, say good morning. Good morning. Actually, I think it, it's um, what 116, where it talks about the goodness of God and how He's heard my voice and my cry, you know, and and then it it makes this statement, you know, what should I give? The old King James says, "What should I render?" You know, the, but what should I give to the Lord? for all his immense benefits towards me. And then it makes this statement, I will raise a cup. <laughs> My brother already knows where I'm going with this already. I will raise a cup of, of, of what is it? Of thanksgiving, loving kindness. I don't know, it's one of those. Well, this morning I was drinking my coffee and I was praying right down the front here. And just as I finished... And I looked at my watch and I went, we've got one minute to go. Nailed it, Stephen. Went to take a drink of my coffee. Had rotated the coffee cup in my hand so the little mouthpiece was on the opposite side. And I promptly poured coffee all over white linen shirt. That works well. Nailed it. So I'm out in the bathroom just like sponging like a crazy monkey. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I've got it out. There's one little spot. And I'm like, my wife's going to be so proud of me. We don't have any soap left in the men's toilets. <laughs> and if you spray any water on me, I'll just foam up. Like, <laughs> So I come in, come in the, the meeting has just started. I make my way to the front and Brett goes, you sure you're safe with that coffee? And I'm like, <sighs> then I promptly threw it on the floor. So if you're sitting towards the back today, good choice. Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'll take a drink very carefully. Two hands. How many times as parents have you said that with your children when they're growing up? Two hands. 
especially when they've got glass. Plastic, okay. Do whatever you want with plastic. Got the glass, two hands, come on. Something about being a parent that changes you. We've got a couple in the, a couple of babies being, we've got two fathers in the house. I think it's only two fathers that haven't seen their babies yet. Is there anyone else? Like Callum, he's a, he's a father in the making. Um, where's Frank? I t- oh. For the rest of you that didn't hear that, Callum used the quotation marks and said, but it doesn't count. And Kim said, that's not what I said. <laughs> uh, babies change your life. They really do. It, it, it changes everything in your household. Um, number one, because you have now met somebody who is infinitely more selfish than you. And, and they have to be. They have to be. They have to scream. They have to make all these noises or else we just ignore them. You know, so, but isn't it amazing? Like, who loves fresh baby smell? Come on, it's better than car smell. You know, new car smell, like, it seems like baby smell, new baby smells only around for a short period of time. Then they start stinking like normal people, you know, like, but there's this moment that we're given a glimpse of how our Father smells us. Because I love it when I, somebody brings their baby up and they go, and everyone's going, how beautiful it is. And it's like, no, nah, only my babies were beautiful. Yours. No, I'm, that's not true. All babies are beautiful. I haven't had my full coffee this morning. Most of it's on my shirt or on the floor here. But, um... <laughs> Our Father, we are a sweet fragrance to Him. Just like when you smell a baby and you go, oh, there's something about that. He loves to be around us and smell our fragrance. He loves the fragrance of our worship. He loves the fragrance of our praise. He loves the fragrance of our sacrifice. He loves the fragrance of our generosity. He loves the fragrance of our faith. He even loves the fragrance of our hunger and our thirst. He's drawn to that profoundly. So this morning, I have the privilege of speaking on Father's Day. And this wasn't named after any um, dad on the planet. This is our Father in heaven that we get to honour on a day like today. And our earthly dads get a look in as well, which is beautiful. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Is he here? Where is he? Oh, he's... uh, you shift in seats all the time. I always musical chairs. That's what you do when you get older, isn't it, Dad? No more barn dances. You play musical chairs. <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't had enough coffee this morning. <laughs> Actually, I need the whiteboard. Yeah, we're going old school today. Not full old school, otherwise I would have got a chalkboard out here. But I don't know how you're going to get that up here. Oh, you got Will. Now I know how we're going to get this up here. (laughs) Because this thing is so heavy. Jesse, you're a strong little thing, aren't you? (laughs) That's all Will. 
Hey, where there's a will, there's a way. Thank you. Okay. What an incredible weekend we've had so far. Who's been watching the footy? It's amazing what, a, what the Krugerrand can buy nowadays in paying off um, umpires and officials. <laughs> last week we're all going, yeah, who are you guys? And then last night it's like, ooh, gave us a spanking. Most of you don't know what I'm talking about, but the South Africans do because they were watching it. The rest of us were watching, um, who was playing last night? Oh, Geelong, yeah, Geelong and the, and the other team. Uh, see, I, I have no interest in football until this time of the year. When there's like two or three weeks to go, all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, so what's happening in the footy, guys? <laughs> okay, today I'm going to speak out of one Peter, sorry, two Peter one. Two Peter one, we're just going to grab that. That's the only scripture I've got today. And we're going to go from verse 12 keep us all awake won't it so this is like good good dads are very rare good dads are very rare they're becoming rarer and rarer and rarer because good dads are taught to be good dads by somebody else who is a good dad and um we need good dads in our world and sadly Manhood has suffered some, <laughs> some vicious blows because, honestly, some men are absolute terrible people. They, they've been allowed to get away with things in their life and they've never matured. And they think that their, um, their strength and their power is to control people instead of to protect the community. A good father actually uses his strength and his power to protect a community, to protect a family, not to control. But... In this day and age, greed, consumerism, it's just a bully that just pushes everybody to work harder, to have their eyes on the wrong thing. We're singing this song, you know, I, I, you know the old flame's gone. I, I, I leave my old flames. You know what a, f- a flame, if you've ever been out in a dark place, like out in the bush somewhere, and someone's got a, a fire going. And you can see it from a long way away. When there's a flame, a light in your life, it will attract your attention. That is the duty of light. Is to, Our eyes are drawn to light. They're not drawn to dark. They're drawn to light. So if we've got lights in our life that are, that are sparking up and attracting our attention all the time. Now, we want the first love flame burning brightest in our life. And so this morning, I want to sort of spark that a little bit with what... Um, Peter's saying because Peter was a strong character he really was but it's funny to to take the the writings of 1 Peter and 2 Peter and then try and reconcile it with the Peter that we knew that hung around with Jesus because you read 1 Peter and 2 Peter and it's just love love everybody you know God's so good he's so wondrous he's so and whereas you before let's kill him Jesus we need more swords we've got to but he grew. He grew and he, he understood how, how things worked better and better. And this morning what I want to share is so profound. I'm reading through it and I'm just like going, this has to come from God because no guy could have orchestrated this formula 
He just had a revelation of it. So I want to share this revelation with you today. Okay, just a bit of an outline. Good dads. Good dads are patient. Good dads are kind. Good dads are generous. They're generous with their wealth. They're generous with their time. They're generous with finances, with wisdom. They're generous with guidance and instruction in their life. (laughs) My kids hate it when something happens and then I start a a dialogue about... (laughs) And they go, oh, here we go. We've got a lesson coming. And it's like, no, 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 I really want you to know this. And they don't, but I do, you know. So, Good dads are others-oriented. Because I've learned to care for others. And good dads, real dads, set their kids up for success. They don't do success for them and then just throw them into success. Because that's how most of us want to do. We went without in our life, so we want to make sure that our kids will never go without. Oh, We were forced to do things when we were kids, so we'll just let our kids make their own decisions and won't guide them. That's a crazy way of doing life. We need instruction in our life. We need guidance in our life. Um, and we need to be set up for success. We don't need success just given to us. We need Um, to realize that there is a life. Because if you read Genesis, it's really disappointing when God says, by your sweatier brow now, you're going to be able to eat. It's like, no, couldn't it be just from the um, the breeziness of the air and the comfort of my seat that I can eat? You know, like, why is it from the sweat of my brow? Because God said, this is part of it now. You need to know that everything comes from the earth and you get to enjoy it. You get to experience the miracle. Why is it that being grounded and working in the garden does something to you? It does ground you. Working in the soil grounds you. But not only that, if soil just grows things. Has anyone noticed? It's like just grows things. You can drive through barren areas of Australia and there's nothing growing. It gets a spit of rain. And all of a sudden there's wildflowers, like the four-wheel drivers, they were out, they were smelling wildflowers and stopping to take photos of the smallest little flora and fauna along the way. No, they just ran over the top of it as they went through, (laughs) playing chicken with every poor little marsupial out there. So this here is how God has set us up for success. It's so beautiful. So, and it all starts, oh, which color should I use today? Green. Okay, we're going green. <laughs> no, you had your chance. Okay. <laughs> okay. Verse 12 of 2 Peter 1 says, So, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and they are firmly established, sorry, and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory or to bring back to your recollection as long as I live in the tent of this body. That is a great fatherly statement right there. I'm not going to just brush over this once and then you've got to work it out. I'm going to keep bringing it back to you. I'm going to keep reminding you of these things because I think they're too important to just brush over. 
this is something that's really important. So that's verse 12 to verse 13. We're now going to grab verse 8 to verse 11. He's talking about some specific qualities here that he's encouraging us with. We're going to get there. But he says, so if someone came up to you and said, there's some qualities that you need in your life. And if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And whoever does not have them is going to be nearsighted and blind and forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and your election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. What a... So what are these qualities? I want these qualities in my life. Does, does anybody else? Because see the process here. If you have them in increasing measure, you will, it'll stop you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, if you don't have them, you're nearsighted and blind. Hmm. These are some qualities that we need to be reminded about. Because he said just the verse later, but we read it before, I need to remind you of these things. You need to have this brought back to your recollection. <laughs> John, am I sounding more like you now? Yeah. <laughs> I unwisely bragged about how I hadn't caught any colds this winter. And the rest of my family had, had colds and they were lousy with it. I'm calling it pandy now. They're pandy with colds. Pandy. Pandemic. pandemic -y. It hasn't caught on yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Are you sick? Oh, I'm pandy with it. No one, mate. I'm just pandied all out. You know, no. Nah? Okay. What was I saying just before? Yeah. So I hadn't had any colds. Even Bridie had influenza. Went and got a flu shot, and then immediately caught influenza. We had colds in the house, and I'm like. I haven't caught a cold at all. We've had influenza. We've had all. I did get COVID though. And I'm bragging about it. And then I woke up Thursday, oh, Friday morning, sore throat. So don't hug or kiss me today. I know you want to. But uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. So God has done everything for us. So that through what he has done, and this is what I, I, I want to use the word through this morning. Because this is a lot of what Peter says, is through. It's through. And we think that we've got to do when it's not our doing, it's his throughing. He's already done it. We've got to accept it and apply it to our life. So um, I just want to, oh, yeah, how am I going to draw this up? So let's... Let's just start reading this and see where we go. Is that all right? I'm, I'm cool with that. Anybody not? Yeah, any, like, <laughs> notice I didn't even hear that, you know. <laughs> Luke, good, yeah? Just not, <laughs> I'll be quiet. I was just thinking all the choleric people in here going, no, we need a plan. Where's the one, two, threes? Yeah. Seat of the pants this morning, people. So it starts off in verse 1. To those, and he's talking to us, who through 
the righteousness of our God and Saviour. So the righteousness of God and our Saviour Jesus Christ, it's through this, through the righteousness of God, that we have received, as Peter says, a faith that is as precious as ours. Now, what he was saying was this faith that we've got, and and a lot of us think of faith as this abstract thing that I need more faith because something didn't happen and all that. The word faith actually means a truth. It's a conviction. It's an assurance. So the righteousness of God supplies us through the righteousness of God. We are given, watch it, Stephen. We're given truth, we're given conviction, we're given assurance by the, by the righteousness of God. What else? Is it? it means um, reliance. We're given a reliance on something beyond even our own abilities. We're given truth. That truth, that conviction, that assurance, that reliance gives us a knowledge. Oh, my handwriting is getting worse. Gives us a knowledge. Hmm. So to those that through the righteousness of our God have received a faith (laughs) as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours. Ooh, grace, I apologize for you guys out there, and peace be yours. We're getting crazy here now because this is going to go everywhere. Um, So grace, the word grace here means joy means liberality, means pleasure. Are these the things we normally talk about in church? Or do we just talk about grace as in unmerited favor, as grace as in the empowerment of God in my life? But there is so much more to the multifaceted grace of God. The word peace here doesn't just mean shalom. It's a totally different um, word. (laughs) I drew all this up in my office earlier. That's why... (laughs) (laughs) so peace means prosperity it means so this is grace and peace it means quiet you can be noisy you don't have to be quiet that wasn't a command or anything it also means rest of course peace means rest but it means to set at one to set at harmony again everything in our lives. Grace and peace be yours in abundance, not in a small measure. Oh, if only I had a little bit of peace. If only I had a little bit more grace. No, no, no. In abundance. It says, may, may um, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge. So through the knowledge that we receive, that we have a righteous and redemptive great Father in heaven that has provided us truth about who He is, a conviction about who He is. We have assurance, we have reliance on His Word is true, that it it gives us a faith that actually supplies us a knowledge that through that knowledge we get grace and peace in our life, prosperity, quiet, rest, joy, liberality and pleasure in our life because we start to see life in a totally different way. Verse 3, it says His divine power 
we're really getting, I'm getting down low here. His divine power has given us. Okay, I've got to read this. Divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. So this equals everything. (laughs) His divine power has given us everything for a godly life. And you might go, but I don't have that. I don't, this is a faith message here this morning. I don't know if you've picked on a, up on this, that yet. His divine um, power has given us everything for a godly life through, again, another through here, but it's through knowledge of him who called us. It's not just the knowledge of God and of Jesus of what they have done. It is now who they are. So his divine power has given us everything we need. So in here, we need to actually chuck in a knowledge that has grown now from just being an introduction knowledge through faith. It's, it's, it's growing because now we've realized there's a knowledge by being called that you have received this calling in our lives, that, that we're not just here by accident. I'm, I'm going to say so. I've said this before, but each one of us has existed forever. We just get to live in this time. Now, you might go, but that's not an accurate statement. That doesn't fit with science or anything like that. Of course it doesn't. We have always existed in the heart of the Father. Before, I, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before I spoke, let there, um, be, you know, let there be light, I knew you. The word know there means intimacy. So it goes from a working knowledge to an intimate knowledge of being called, of hearing his voice, of getting that beckoning in our life. Come on, rise up. Come on, you can make it through. Come on. Imagine all of heaven is behind you right at the moment saying, run hard after what God has for you. Don't run hard after the flames of this world. Run hard after the flame of your first love for God. I need a drink. I had a real drinking problem this morning. All over my shirt, all over the floor. I keep saying, who keeps spilling coffee on the floor? It was me. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of him who called us by, oh, I'm running out of room here, his grace, sorry, his glory and his goodness. So the knowledge that we're called by his glory and his goodness. So, through the righteousness of God, nothing that we can do for ourselves, nothing that we can, we cannot make ourselves righteous at all. I'll use green here to just, emp- really doesn't work at all. <laughs> through the righteousness of God, we receive a faith. We receive a truth, a conviction, assurance, a reliance in God that goes beyond what we can see and understand about this world. We were driving here this morning and we were talking about miracles just briefly. And I'm, I'm like going, people say there's not enough miracles. And I'm like, everything around us is miraculous. Like, 
everything. We're driving along. I'm like, look at these trees that we drive past every day. And they, through the chlorophyll atom in there, are converting oxygen, sorry, carbon dioxide into oxygen. They're drawing in salt and water and they're releasing things into the atmosphere. And it's just miraculous. All the food that we eat comes from the soil. And people go, uh-huh. It's like, no. Can we go a bit deeper than just, I know that. No, no, no. You have a working knowledge of that. But do you have an intimate, where is it? Intimate <laughs> knowledge of that. So by his own glory and goodness, his, div- his divine power has given us everything we need for a, a godly life through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. This is where it gets crazy again. Through these, he's no longer talking about now the knowledge of the the divine power or the knowledge, that intimate knowledge. He's now saying through these, and the these he's talking about is God's glory and God's goodness. Have we got this on the screen? Yes, good. I can just look up here. Throw the next one up. Thanks, Jess. His divine power. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. See the process here. Though as we realize he's called us and we grow in an intimate relationship because of his glory and his goodness, then we realize he has given us his great and precious, P before R. Pre- How do you spell precious? Is that right? You wouldn't believe what I had in my head. Great and precious promises. Oh, these promises do not change. These promises are eternal. So through the glory, through, okay, now we've got one coming in here. Through this, through the righteousness of God, we receive the faith. Through the faith, we receive a knowledge. Through the knowledge, we receive a grace and a peace, a joy, liberality, pleasure, peace, prosperity, quiet rest, set at harmony. Again, through this knowledge, we receive grace and peace. Through that, he, re- he releases his divine power, his dunamis, where we get the word dynamite from, this explosive dunamis power of God that then gives us the ability to... For everything to come into a godly alignment in our life. Through all these things and the process of it. And you might go, but I'm still up here. doesn't matter. This isn't like something you have to work through. It's through already. It's already done. It is finished. It is through. Done and dusted. We just now need to receive. As Kylie said this morning, breathe it in. You might go, honestly, what does that do? Whatever you need it to do. Like, I'm just, I'm amazed at how people just poo-poo spiritual things about God and just go, yeah, 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 but we have no evidence of that. And they're going, yeah, we, the evidence that we have changes all the time anyway. So, oh, yeah. His great and precious promises. Oh, I'm so glad that we have his great, great and precious, great and precious promises. Through these, he has given us his great and precious promises so that through them, we've got another one. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Through them, we've already got it up on there, um, so that through them you may participate. Oh, 
we aren't just attenders. We aren't just um, here to turn up and sit. We are participators. We get to part through all this, we get to participate in the divine nature. <laughs> Who are we that God should be mindful of us? Who are we that He should care for us? But He does. He has set up everything specific. Now, Peter wasn't this smart. But he got a revelation about it that was such a conviction to him that he said, guys, I've got to keep reminding you about this all the time because this is so profound. Blows me away. Where am I up to? Divine nature, um, the great and precious promises. Um, and this is the beauty. Through these, he's given us his <laughs> What it says on the other side, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape. Escape, what's the word that it actually uses there? Escape the corruption. See, this gives us the ability now of not having to face, you know, to go through and learn by our mistakes. We can learn by other people's mistakes. <laughs> I had somebody say to me the other day, they're talking about learning by their own mistakes. And I say, oh, I love learning by your mistakes. You know, like, I hate learning by my own mistakes. Jeez, please tell me all your stories. I want to learn by them from your mistakes. We get to escape corruption because um, of God's glory, his goodness, his righteousness, the faith that he sows into our life, all these things lead up to, because what it does is we get to escape it because of the, I forgot the most important part that's left on the end there, because of evil desires. I watched a, a documentary recently about a guy who um, in England was an incredible champion for um, for charities. He raised tens of millions of pounds in the UK during the, the 80s and the early 90s. But he, he was a pedophile. And no one knew about this until they were about to knight him. And he had allowed evil desires in his life to affect other people's lives. David said, from evil um, doers come evil deeds. That, why did David make that statement? You know, that could have been something like, oh, pen that in the back of the head. No, he wanted to share that truth with everybody so that when we see evil deeds start coming up in our lives, and you might go, hey, I'm, I'm evil. That's a little bit harsh. But anything that is not good is actually going down the road of evil. If it's not good and God-based, it is heading down the wrong path and it's sliding down a path. And nothing slides up, it all slides down. So if you start seeing some evil deeds in your life, say, I'm not going to be an evildoer. That's not who I am. I'm not an evildoer. Because I know at times I've gone, man, Stephen, how did you end up here? You were not following the flow chart that Peter so brilliantly gave us that it's through the righteousness of God that your faith has increased and through that faith, your knowledge and grace and peace are increased in your life so that you see the divine power of God working in your life that gives you everything you need to escape the corruption because you've been given a godly life and then he's, you know, his great and precious promises that you get to go over in your head all the time. How wondrous they are. Locked in. 
because you can be you can have um, these reminders stolen so easily. We can have our joy. Uh, uh, I, I say we ha- can have our joy stolen, but it. This is me speaking now. I give my joy away. I give my joy away. No one takes my joy. <laughs> I, I sometimes throw it at people as like a weapon. You know, like <laughs> I'm just being real here this morning. It's like, well, this we might not have this soon. <laughs> like, <laughs> see, my family know exactly what that's all about. Um, <laughs> So then it goes into, oh man, I've run out of time. Is this all right? Do you want me to just finish off? Because it's, I've only got one more voice really to, to go with. So this is the crux of it. For this reason, in verse five, for this reason, what's the reason? Everything that's just here. Not just one reason, for all this. Because of all this, what God has done can you read this? I really messed up this morning. I don't know. I haven't really given you much view of everything. But for this reason, make every effort. Do you know what that means in the Greek? Chelsea, have you read? Do you know Greek? <laughs> make every effort. It doesn't mean half-hearted effort. It means make every effort. It doesn't mean just try it. Oh, I tried that. I tried praying. Nothing changed. I tried reading the Bible. Nothing changed. And it's like, really? Did you push through? Did you push through to lay hold of the high calling? Did you push through? Because we are called to push through everything that would try and block us, to, to cast off things that would try and limit us or try and, and contain us, get rid of that stuff from our life and push through. For this reason of pushing through, add to your faith. We say, Lord, increase my faith. Do this to my faith. Increase it, build it, make it strong and all that. But really, we're all given a measure of faith. And and if you think, no, I don't, you're sitting on a chair right now. That takes faith. You say, but chairs hold you. I've had some that haven't. Faith, add to your faith goodness, and to your goodness, knowledge. And now I've had a blank, and to your knowledge, what is it? Add to your goodness, and to your goodness, knowledge. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, that's right, self-control. Nah, we don't really need this, do we? Can't we just do whatever we want? As long as I don't hurt anybody else. If, I, if, I, if I'm not hurting anybody else, then that should be okay. If I'm okay, you're okay. Isn't that the way it is? No, no, no. Self-control is what we, we need self-control more than ever in our, in our society. You know, domestic violence is blown out of control. Addictions are blown out of control. There's so much stuff. People are afraid and worried about the most benign things now. It's just crazy. But faith which comes from righteousness of God. Add to this faith the goodness, which by his grace and goodness. 
and then add to that knowledge through knowledge of Jesus and through the knowledge of his calling of goodness and glory on our life, we get to then add to all this our self-control because of his great and precious promises. When you start seeing that through the tenor of scripture that, that God blesses those who seek righteousness, but he, want, he wants to eradicate wickedness so much so that he will wipe out those that are evildoers. Not that he goes in and just wipes them out, but they disappear from the radar pretty soon. Self-control. And to your self-control, I'm, I used to know perseverance. Aha. I don't want to persevere. That's a bit too severe. Preserve. Riding on, you try riding on this angle, you know, like perseverance. Ah, gee, hey, at least I speak more better English than I used to did. Is it up there? Just look. Yes, got it. Perseverance to our godliness. <laughs> godliness. Oh my goodness, Stephen, you're doing so well. Bring it home now, buddy, to godliness. Um, yeah, mutual affection. <laughs> Chelsea's on the front row spelling it for me now. Add to the, okay. Because these are the qualities that he's talking about. If we have these in increasing measure, which means that we are actively working to keep them growing in our life. That when we're made aware of, of oh, I didn't, res- didn't respond with goodness in there, or I didn't have the knowledge that I needed there, or oh, I lacked a bit of self-control there, we can deal with it and get back on track because the basis of it is in faith, which comes through the knowledge, oh, sorry, through the righteousness of God. So we add to our faith goodness, to our goodness knowledge, to our knowledge self-control, to our self-control perseverance. How... <laughs> Honestly, when you start getting into self-control and you've got to start, you, when you start with, on self-control, you, perseverance and self-control go hand in hand. Because you've got to start, you realize, I've got to get some grit in my life. I've got to, I've got to deny myself some stuff here. I thought I was allowed to do whatever I wanted and be whoever I wanted. No, no, no. We need self-control for what who God wants us to be. We need perseverance so that we can push through and not get dissuaded when the smallest little obstacle comes up in our path. But we come back to it because our foundation in this, these are added onto. But they, if you looked at it in a picture, faith, faith, spell faith for me. It's it's almost in a triangle upside down like that, where you add to your faith goodness. It's built on, it's not like your faith is, is applicable to how, how much goodness you have in your life. No, no, no. Your goodness is applicable to how much faith you have in your life. And then your, your knowledge of God, and that is also based on, this is the intimate knowledge of God, not just the understanding that God is, but now that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Not just God is, but God is a rewarder of those. That's the intimate knowledge of it. So if we... Add these things to our life. And then it says mutual love. And finally, oh, mutual affection, is it? Where am I? The word love there, mutual affection, you know, um, is brotherly love. 
It's filios, brotherly love. But then love and finally adding to our faith, finally love. And, and this, is, this is a process. This is a, a gift. This is a lifelong journey right here. That's why Peter said, I'm going to keep reminding you of this while I'm in this body. The whole time I'm in this body, I'm going to keep reminding you of this, that it's not because of what you've done, it's because of the righteousness of God that you have a faith. You know, that word love is agape love. We've heard agape before. It's a Greek word for unconditional love. Why did I use this scripture? Because our Father has unconditional love. It's the only, He is the only being that has totally unconditional love everybody else has conditional love attached to it as much as I try and say no my love's not conditional at all it is I get hurt I get wounded if you cut me do I not bleed you know (laughs) if you lock the doors will I not tap on the window you know (laughs) coffee really does a lot for me in the mornings (laughs) Who needs these things in increasing measure in their life? I really do. I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm going, wow, this is all in verses that I'd read, but I'd never broken them down in a, in a workable model and just gone, there's a lot of throughs here. And all these throughs have produced something that is now for my benefit, for your benefit, for our benefit. And it begins with the righteousness of God. I've gone way over time. We're now hitting 11.30 and we have got... Lunches to get to with our fathers. But can we just stand? And I just want to pray a blessing over you right now. And also for a release of these qualities. Because these qualities, we need them in our life. And if you're reminded about stuff during the week, about, hey, that, that wasn't whatever, then see to it and say, like, just, just do whatever you need to do. Father, forgive me. I am not operating in goodness here. I'm not operating in self-control here. I need your help. And Holy Spirit, I'm just letting you know, I'm listening. When I've done that with the Holy Spirit, like a thought has come into my mind about someone. We had our great auntie pass away um, just recently, had a funeral on Friday. And it would have been two or three weeks back, I started thinking, gee, I wonder how Auntie Betty's doing. Haven't heard of Auntie Betty for a while. I wonder how she's... that was the Holy Spirit just getting me ready for, for something that was coming. Now, um, when the Holy Spirit speaks like that and you don't realize it until later, just let him know that you're acknowledging, I know you told me and I wasn't listening. I will be listening from now on. And if you, you find me not listening, just remind me and then I will acknowledge that I wasn't listening but I'm listening now. And the more you do that, that is a great habit to get into. It is a brilliant habit. It is way better than picking up your phone and looking at what social media has to do, like what social media is saying. Somebody really incredible came up to me last week and said, do you know that 10 years ago um, they did a survey as what people did, the first thing they did when they got up in the morning? 10 years ago? Do you know what it was? Was it 10 years ago? I think it was something like that. They went to the bathroom. Do you know what 97% of us do today when we wake up? The first thing we do, bladder. Nah, forget it. You can just stay where you are. (laughs) We have to check our social media.
We want to check what's happening around the world. And it's like, yeah, your bladder's about to explode, and that's taking precedence over it. No. <laughs> Father, I just thank you right now for your word. Your word is so perfect. It is so pure. Father, thank you for your incredible love that, that we get to, because of your righteousness, we get to have that love flow through us and be applied to our faith that you give to us so generously. Father, I thank you for each family that's represented here, each marriage, each child, each son, each daughter. Father, I thank you for each individual that is here this morning. Father, I, I know your spirit is speaking to us. And I know your spirit is speaking exactly what we need to hear. So, Father, I thank you for this coming week as your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we give you permission to remind us when we need to add goodness to our faith and knowledge to our goodness and self-control. To Yeah, I won't go too far. I'll mess it up. But the Holy Spirit, when we're not listening, just remind us. We want to hear you. We want to respond to your voice. We want to be spirit-led. And, and being spirit-led isn't looking a long way off. It's just keeping step with you, Holy Spirit. So right now, I thank you for our steps, like a, almost like standing on Dad's feet and dancing with him, that, Holy Spirit, we would be standing on your feet. And as you're taking a step, we're taking that step with you. Father, I thank you for this coming week where lives are going to be changed. <laughs> Destinies altered. Oh, generations transformed because of decisions that we will make based on your righteousness, based on the faith that you've given us, based on everything that Peter put so eloquently there, Father. Lord, I speak blessing out over each life represented here. I speak favor. Father, have your way. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. May my brothers and sisters lack no good thing. So I thank you for your generosity and what you're pouring out for them. But Father, because you're a good dad, I also thank you for what you're withholding from us because it would ruin us not make us, because you want to set us up for righteous victory. Not just success, but victory. Father, have your way. May your kingdom come. May your will be done in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone agreed by saying, Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.